Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Who are the coolest dudes on the planet? United, United States, States veterans. veterans. What's the coolest sport on the planet? Pro, Pro wrestling. wrestling. And what would be the coolest podcast on the planet? That would be this one. U.S. US military military vets, vets talking pro wrestling. This is the No Shave Man Cave. Two badass disabled vets... Sharing their love of pro wrestling, giving you their perspective as fans, talking about current events and matches, history of titles, and who knows what else. Let's do it. Welcome, Welcome to the, the no, no Shave Men Cave. Now your hosts, Ellie Jair and Jay Tilly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans, and sports entertainment fans, welcome to the No Shave Man Cave. I'm Ellie Jair. I'm Jay Tilly. And we are also joined, dare I say, graced by the presence of your favorite tickler, Jeremy from the great state of Georgia. Georgia. How you doing, man? Welcome. Doing good. Good to be back, you guys. Thanks for having me on again. Heck yeah. I'm 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 so I'm so pumped that we're still here. <laughs> Not like still sitting here from a month ago. But uh hey, dare I say someone might like us and uh I really dig hanging out. I'm gonna be talking about wrestling anyway, and I love this forum and uh man, JT, Jeremy. We're hey, we're the Triple J's today. Gonna do my little <laughs> J uh, Jeff Jarrett walk, but uh, welcome to uh, a a no shave man cave episode. That is, it's gonna be a little bit heavy. I think it's necessary, and I'm and I'm glad we're we're doing it together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's we, we did the first one last month, um, the twenty second. We're going to continue to do them every 22nd, kind of uh, something close, near and dear to our heart is uh, mental 
mental health, mental awareness, uh, suicide prevention, and uh, any any of those categories you want to talk about. Because uh, as we know, 22 veterans uh, commit suicide a day. So it's one of those things that as a vet, uh, Jared and I have both uh, pretty passionate about. Um, I know I've lost some friends uh, to that unfortunate statistic. Uh, I'm sure Jared, I'm guessing you either have or know somebody. But um, oh, yeah. we don't want to obviously limit it to vets. So Jeremy, we have on. Oh my gosh, Jared and Jeremy, y'all gonna mess me up. The tickler, we'll just call you that. So <laughs> Jeremy, uh, I'm sure has got his. Uh, we're gonna finish his story up today. Uh, have him talk a little bit more about uh, his experiences, and everything. But yeah, this is a, a pretty important one. But uh, before we get into the seriousness, I am gonna give a shout out to the New York City podcast. Another, another one. As uh, Callie would say, another one got selected for uh, a, a staff pick by their staff, which is always awesome. And it happens to be the one where the tickler joined me reviewing SmackDown and Rampage that he didn't really watch. We just talked about the highlights. So, so it's uh, pretty cool that uh, that got picked up and listened to and added to their uh, staff pick page. I think that's six in the that's two awesome. months we've been on that that network that we've gotten picked. That's awesome. Great job, man. That's that's awesome. Yep. Cool. Very cool. I have to. Um, I don't know how much of it I actually put on the episode, but I had to voice a retraction of, of, a, of a false information that I may have listed on that uh, particular episode. <laughs> um, I had talked about uh, trying to watch um, WWE uh, episodes, uh, either SmackDown or Raw, online. There are absolutely ways to watch them <laughs> the next day. Uh, I did not realize that. I didn't look hard enough. Hulu still has Raw. Okay. And Fox Sports has SmackDown. Ah. So you can watch those the very next day. Um, and Hulu, obviously, you need a subscription. Um, I, Fox Sports, I don't think you need a subscription. I, I don't remember logging in. I just launched the app, and there was SmackDown. Yeah. So... Oh. Um, it, that may not be the next day though. Um, it could be like 48 hours or something, right. but yeah, you can, you can watch the weekly episodes on there. You don't have to wait 30 days for, uh, WWE and, um, USA network to post them. Yeah. It's just a shame. So, you don't have a way to watch AEW yet. Cause holy yeah, crap, well, that's on them. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that's, that's no. on them. They need to, they need to get on board in the streaming future. Oh yeah. It's coming. It's just a matter of time. But, uh, so we're gonna let me go ahead and uh, hit you guys with the trigger warning. Uh, as Ellie Jair said, this one's gonna be a little heavy, uh, kind of like the one last month we did. Um, we're gonna get into some topics that may be uncomfortable. Talk about uh, suicide attempts, um, depending on what some stories go to. Maybe some suicides that we know of that went through. But uh, just so trigger warning now. This isn't gonna be our happy, jovial. Just talking about wrestling. It's gonna be a little deep, a little serious. Um, but it's something very important, uh, very close to us, and something we want to make sure as a podcast, we it's one of our creeds, our core values is to be there to support these uh, eventually as we start getting more and more popular, maybe monetizing this and making some money. Our dream is to start donating and helping and giving support to uh, resources or whatever we can to help people in need. So. We'll start it off with, if you are in crisis and listening to us, please dial 988 nationwide um, for the United States. We are worldwide. I will look up and give you guys some of the numbers for across the world. But uh, for the United States here in the U.S., 988, um, we are heard in just a lot of places. Uh, blows my mind. Ireland, uh, Bolivia, 
Pakistan, all those places. I don't know what your crisis numbers are. I apologize. But majority of us are the United States, 988. If you're in crisis, stop listening to us right now. Call them. There'll be somebody on that line to talk to you or whatever you need to hear. So we'll get into some stories. Uh, I'm going to start one today. Um, kind of was thinking about this the other day and talking about or thinking about it. I'm going to tie it to wrestling a little bit. And then I'm going to pass it off to uh, Jeremy the Tickler there to kind of finish his story up. But uh, I separated from the military and it is a hard thing to do. Um, you know, you go through a lot of changes. You go through a very structured you know, they, they tell you when to eat, they tell you when to poop, they tell you when to pee, they tell you when to sleep, basically, to, hey, have fun, see ya. And uh, my exit of the military was uh, not very by the books. I literally got it in the mail. Uh, didn't even know my retirement had gone through. It just kind of happened. So I got a UPS package, literally with my flag in it, and a letter from the president saying, hey, thanks for your service. And that was it. I never saw my unit again, never got to see the people I worked with. So it, it was tough. I was, uh, I took it to heart, was probably a little depressed about it. Definitely affected me, uh, mentally. And part of all that was in the military, you sacrifice a lot. And my oldest daughter, uh, I sacrificed a lot. I missed birthdays. I missed some Christmases. I'd be working on shift or whatever the case is. So you miss a lot of that growing up piece. So her and I's relationship was not as strong as I thought it should be. Um, you know, so we struggled. I used to always be like, I talked to Amy. I don't know what to get her. I'm not sure what to, you know, for birthdays or Christmas. I felt like I didn't know her. Well, AEW came to town and they were doing a fan fest and I bought tickets. And I'm like, well, I'll take, I'll take Edie. Let's go. And she loved it. She fell in love with it. And since then, I would say our relationship has completely changed. We're so much closer than we were. We have bonded over that. And with all the mental issues I was having, the depression, the sadness, you know, ha being able to build that relationship with my daughter over her love of wrestling and that passion that we have. And, you know, ever since that fan fest, we went to every single live event here in Jacksonville, except for one. She missed one because she had a band recital. So I took her younger sister and she got hooked and, and loves it. So now I got to buy three tickets every time they come. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, exactly. the WrestleCon, I've got to get, I got to get them both tickets because they both want to go to the convention now. But yeah, um, that, the, the point is, though, that that relationship with her kind of pulled me out of this depression state I was in. Um, and I'm pretty stoic. I hide my feelings. I keep everything bottled up. And uh, the point, I guess, of it is, yes, the wrestling helped bond, make that bond great. But the bond that we created, that family support, helped pull me out of the dark place I was in that nobody knew about. So, yeah, that's just I wanted to get that out there because I've been thinking about it late, a lot lately. And uh, just, you know, shout out to like the things that you don't realize that can open your world up to other things. So that that family bond that was suffering got fixed and therefore my darkness kind of lifted a little. So good stuff. So I started off with a really that's heavy awesome, one. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. That's that's awesome. That was that was great, man. Um, I'm so happy for you and the girls. It's just such a great thing. And I, I'm glad that you have that. That family support at um, supports. Um, you hear it a lot in uh, mental health recovery, talking about support systems, having those those supports, whether whether it be blood family or friends that are like family or whatever. But having that support is a real key to recovery and, and to living with mental illness. So 
just it's amazing, man. I'm I'm I love the story. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It was it was a uh, yeah. I wanted to open with that one, and just to reintroduce Jeremy uh, for those of you that maybe had not caught last uh, months. He and I go way back. We've known each other over thirty years. Um, just recently, we lost part of our crew. Shout out to Rob. Uh, you know, and that dropped us in a low place too. But again, uh, just to reiterate, his was not suicide or anything related. Just a very stressful time when we lost him. But he and I go back uh, a long time, Jeremy. He is uh, going to come on, talk to you guys a little bit about some resources, tell you his story and, and his survival and how he is coming out the other end. Uh, but I do also, you know, disclaimer, none of us are licensed therapists in any way. Uh, we're just three dudes who have gone through some, some shizit and want to talk about it and let people out there know that they're not alone. Reach out to people you love, even if you think... You're alone, email, reach out to, you know, hell, reach out to our Twitter DMs or whatever, and we'll try to point you in the right direction. But my story over, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you guys and let's, uh, let's, let's get into your story if you want, Jer. And, uh, unless sure. Jared, you got anything you want to add? Oh yeah. If you do. Yeah. Mine, mine's, uh, mine's a little, little deeper, a little darker, uh, you know, similar, you know, similar to uh, JT when he he left the service, I I punched. I retired when um, COVID was alive and well, and I had sent out RSVPs and invitations for my retirement, and I had a hundred and twenty six people that wanted to come and attend the retirement on top of my command. And I thought, man, this is going to be awesome. We are going to burn it down. We're going to have so much fun. And then COVID hit. And it was just like, what? So we went from 100 plus to 26 people. Everybody had to stay, you know, way far away. And they were like, all right, later. And once the ceremony's over, you're like, okay, I don't kind of like uh, Ricky Bobby. I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Well, you can just kind of put them by your sides and get off base and you got to go, you know, do whatever. So I was in a funk for quite a while and, you know, hooking up with JT and the guys at work and, uh, you know, just partnering up and actually listening to, uh, to Tiff about some of the stuff that I need to be doing. And, you know, thankfully to, uh, some awesome, support that I personally have received and am receiving from the VA uh, with mental health counseling and, and medication and everything. Um, I'm, I'm, I honestly haven't felt better than I, you know, than I do right now in a long, long time. And, you know, sadly in September of 2018, I lost my sister to suicide and it really it really sucked because the you know generally um when women and you know my my sister was a retired army dog she did uh she did you know she served honorably for many years and then went on and and did more work within the government but so she you know so she ended up ending her ending her life very violently and um really sent the rest of my family kind of spinning because of the way the way it all happened so you know thankfully my brother uh my my oldest brother 
and my oldest sister um, are doing much better. Um, my middle brother and I really are the only ones that associate with one another since that. And, you know, there's some other stuff that go into it, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty rough. And, you know, you know, my sister was real manic and she'd been in an accident before had some, you know, brain, brain injuries. And, uh, so, you know, wow, you know, that has nothing to do with wrestling, but wait, there's more. I would have never seen Jerry, the King Lawler had we not gone to see my sister, Pam, because I had no access to Mid-South and um, CWA and, you know, all the wrestling in, in Tennessee and Kentucky, the Smoky Mountain. I had no access to that where I lived at in New York. And I looked at my sister, Pam, and her girlfriend, <clears throat> and I was like, what is this? And they were like, oh, this is fake. <laughs> this is not fake. I just saw my man throw a fire <laughs> ball. That is real. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, she was strong and, you know, unfortunately she isn't with us, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a much better person for having gone through that. Yeah. So there it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. And, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm here and, uh, we're, we're here to talk about it and hopefully help someone to, uh, to realize you know, breaking news, it's okay to not be okay. And I can't emphasize enough to, to anyone, you know, if don't be afraid to reach out and, you know, get, get the help you need, whether it's through the hotline, through it's through uh, family, your church. I, I am really, really glad I got help. And I wish my sister Pam had, um, you know, gotten help before it's too late. Thanks for sharing, man. That's um, that's rough. Um, I'm glad you got through it. Sorry, your family had to go through that. Losing anyone to suicide is 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 rough. I mean, losing anyone, period, that you care about is hard. But you know, losing a family member, especially a sibling, has got to be really, really difficult. But I'm glad you've you've worked through it. I'm proud of you for the strength you show now and. You know, the uh, I said it last time, There's you won't cause somebody to kill themselves or you won't cause them to start thinking about killing themselves by asking them if they've been thinking about killing themselves. So talking to people you care about about suicide is not going to drive them to do so If you know someone in your family is acting a little different, doing something a little unusual, and you're concerned, ask. Don't be afraid to ask them, you know, have you thought about hurting yourself? Because you'll find that people who are thinking about it will say something. And we've we've got to beat the stigma on the topic because, and the other part of it is that if you are having suicidal thoughts, of course, please reach out. But the one thing I have to say to anybody that is feeling that way is that you're not alone, not in the slightest. There is someone that you probably even know that is going through or has been through similar things to what you're going through. I mean, that's the whole thing of what I do for a living. I do peer support. The whole thing behind it is I've been there. You know, you're not alone. You know, I, I've been down that dark road. So I, I, I encourage you to reach out for help just, just once. 
and talk to someone and you'll find that you're not alone that 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 feeling like that it's just you it's just you against the world no one else understands what it feels like no one else is is thinking these things is wrong and it's your head telling you this and if you could just take just reach out just once to someone find someone it can be anybody in your life it it's such a hard hard thing for someone who's been down that road who's al- almost lost it all so to go ahead yeah just uh you know we we kind of went through your story last time about your attempt did anybody ask you no i was just curious i was just curious i mean cuz you know as your buddy as you know your brother I didn't realize it. Now, granted, we don't see each other day to day and every day. So yeah. I probably wasn't in the place. Whereas if I'd have spent some time with you, I would have known. I did see you after the fact and come and spend up a week there with you or whatever it was. But I was just curious if anybody reached out to you or, or if it would have changed your thought process if somebody would have. Yeah. Um, it really, the way my life was back then, um, I was really set up for failure, uh, but of my own design. I wasn't sharing everything that was going on with you or Rob or, or our buddy Jim. Um, the one person who should have saw it, uh, we'll just say she had her own issues. And when you've got two people who uh, are together and are both going through issues, it's hard to support each other. So I don't blame her in any way for not seeing that. She was going through her own demons at the time. So, but there was no one else around at that time that could see it. I had no local friends. I had no one I hung out with. I had done a very good job of isolating myself, you know, and you wouldn't have known that because you didn't see me on a regular basis. You didn't, you know, we just, we had lives, we had kids, we couldn't see each other that often. So there's no way you would have known. There's no way anybody really would have known. So it, it's hard. A lot of it comes from a lack of education. There were people in my life. My my, my parents could have seen it. Coworkers uh, at the time, I don't think I was working. Um, you know, other people who could have who could have maybe seen something and said, "Hey," but there's no education in this country. There's no mental health education. I mean, and, and it's very hard to introduce it because, especially here in the South. It's hard enough to have sex education in the South, let alone mental health education. You know, it is being introduced in certain public school districts throughout the country, but on a very limited basis. And I would love to see that grow because I think if we spent some more time teaching people at a young age about mental health, we one, wouldn't have as many teen suicides as we have, and two, would have the next generation of adults be able to support each other and help each other and maybe see a decrease in suicides uh, amongst adults, 20 somethings, 30 somethings. It's, it's all about education. It's all about educating yourself because the, the information's out there, but you got to know to look for it. Unfortunately, nobody's just offering it. Like, here you go. That's unfortunate. And I hope it's going to change in the future. So go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, so uh, last time we were on, you, you kind of, Gave your story up to your attempt uh, and then your stay at the horrible incident that they put you in. Didn't know if you wanted to continue on after that. Uh, what turned you around? What yeah. what you're at now? How you're... I, I don't want to say better because I think 
no matter what, you always struggle with it. It's just a matter how you cope with it. So uh, just kind of, you know, if you want to talk to about what got you through the other side and uh, where you're at now, what, what you're, I mean, I know you're playing a beautiful wedding now and everything. So, you know, you've been able to turn it around. Just, you know, wanted to talk yeah. talk about that a little bit. It was a, a, a long road um, and you could say better. Um, I, I'm doing better. Um, the illness is not gone. It'll never be gone. It's part of who I am. And I accept that and face that every day. But yeah, after, after the attempt, after the horrible hospital experience, I was actually just talking about today, I'm going through a training for trauma-informed care. And um, I was just talking about how the system failed me. When I started going to uh, the place that they designated for me to go for psychiatry, meds, um, therapy, uh, the therapist that I saw would not talk about individual sessions. He only wanted me to do group and kept pushing group down my throat. Now, at the time, I was very much immersed in stigma. I was afraid to talk about my illness. I was afraid to talk about my suicide attempt. And I was not comfortable in group setting. On top of that, at the time, I also didn't realize I had social anxiety. And being around a bunch of strangers was not going to help me. So after several months of that, I just stopped going to that place. Um, I took my antidepressants as prescribed. I got my primary care doctor to maintain the medications. And I just kept t- taking my antidepressants. To say things improved, yes and no. And that led to, years later, two things that really I was set up for failure. Uh, one, I really needed that individual therapy. If I had gotten that, it probably would have made a world of difference. Um, but I continue to struggle with maintaining jobs. I continue to struggle in my marriage. Um, I continue to struggle as a father. And not to say life isn't a struggle anyways, but I continue to struggle against my illness um, without really understanding it and without really having any means to deal with the symptoms. Uh, just relying on the meds to do it all, which that's not how they work. So we fast forward several years later. My inability to keep a job causes us to get evicted from the house we're renting. We end up having to move in with my mom and dad. Uh, very crowded. My wife at the time, three boys, uh, along with my mom, my dad, and my disabled brother in a three-bedroom house. It was crowded. It, it led to a lot of conflict. It led to a lot of difficult times with the boys. Um, and uh, and right, right now, I'm still dealing with therapy with the, the guilt of that situation. So anyways, uh, I got a really good job working from home, and I was still screwing around with it. I could not control my symptoms. I could not control my anxiety. I could not control my paralyzing depression. I could not control my impulsive uh, episodes that I didn't understand what those were about. Because if I have depression, you know, what is this? You know, what is this about? This is just me. This is just who I am. Um, End up finally going to a therapist wasn't a particularly good therapist. So then I switched and I finally started to go to a practice that had a psychiatrist, therapist, um, nurses, whole support team to help me. Found out, no, you don't have depression. You have bipolar disorder. Whole different ballgame. You've only been treating half your symptoms. Let's start working on the other half. Let's get you started in therapy. Let's change up your meds. Let's see what we can do. 
and trial and error on the medications. I started to get into a good medication balance. The therapy, I was able to open up. There was things that I realized that had messed me up as a kid that I didn't realize had messed me up as a kid. I didn't understand what trauma was. I didn't understand the impact of certain things in our lives, that, that how it can change the way your brain is wired. And things started to shift. Now, uh, they didn't shift enough because I ended up losing my family. Uh, wife left me, took the kids to North Carolina. Um, that's a rough part. Um, that was a rough one. Um, I hit rock bottom. I, oh, I also lost my job. So there's that one. Um, so I just curled up in bed and just wanted to wait to die. Didn't want to leave the bedroom. Barely ate. Um, didn't really sleep, just dozed in and out of consciousness for several days. Um, yeah, I, I really hit rock bottom. But in mental health recovery, that's where you need to be. There's one thing I learned working in this field is that that's where you need to be. We learned about a set of symptoms I have called um, racing thoughts. Racing thoughts are when you have a course of thoughts, often negative, that you can't escape. And those thoughts just keep repeating themselves over and over and over again in your head. Um, that is what had caused my insomnia, which hit a new record after my wife left me. Uh, I think I went like four nights without sleep. Oof. I was hallucinating by that point. It was bad. Uh, my symptoms got out of control. I was sending horrible messages to my wife. I was sending random text messages to my kids. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I was completely out of my mind. Absolute psychosis. I was gone. Had a conversation with my doctor. Put me on a new medication. That night, best night's sleep I've ever had in my entire life. That's I woke awesome. up the next day, and it was like clarity i've never slept that well in my life now i don't i still have my nights i still like last night i don't know what the hell was going on something in my stomach i was tossing and turning all night i was really tired today it was a struggle but just like everybody else but i can sleep and the difference between when i don't sleep and when i do sleep to my mental state oh my god so that was that was the final piece that i needed to be successful in my recovery. Unfortunately, it took losing everything to get there. But, and I'll put this to you guys, and I, I, I would say very much, for both listening to both your stories and listening to a lot of the things that I've heard today at work, what have you, you got to hit that bottom. And rock bottom looks different for everyone. And when you do hit that rock bottom, it's how you pick yourself up and where you go from there that determines the course of your recovery. And I was able to pick myself up. Um, so you would think my suicide was my rock bottom, but no, that was my rock bottom. In those weeks after they left, that was my rock bottom. And building myself back up, learning the value of sleep, the magic of sleep, um, and how much positive it did for my, my mindset 
getting a job, going to work, enjoying the job, starting in a new field, and then starting to date again and meeting my perfect companion who supports me in a way that makes me realize how bad my marriage was, (laughs) (laughs) how bad it was for so many years. Uh, And now planning a wedding this year, which, oh my God. (laughs) the stress Uh, uh, and it's a small wedding but um i I would not be where i was where i am now if it was not for the tragedies in my life i would not be who i was without the tragedies in my life without the trauma doesn't mean i enjoyed experiencing it (laughs) no but it led me to where i am today it gave me the ability to be happy um things are not perfect I still have a very broken relationship with my children. Um, it's a work in progress. I hope and pray every day that things will change. And um, I try to stay positive and I will continue to try to work on that. Just like I continue to try to work on myself because it sounds so, um, so much like a self-help poster, but recovery is a journey, not a destination. You never reach an end of recovery. It's ongoing. So I'm going to keep on going. Learn something new about myself every day. That's awesome. Hey, so what, and this might be too personal. If you don't want to answer that, fine. When you hit that rock bottom uh, that you talked about, did you have suicidal thoughts then again? Or oh hell yes. did you attempt again? I'm just asking because no. you've never told me. So no. Okay. Um, one thing that I did discover during the course of those few years of getting my bipolar diagnosis, we tried to get my anxiety under control. And one of the things that they gave me to try and get my anxiety under control was Xanax. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I abused my Xanax. Bad. Like, I was on the road to addiction. If I had kept going, I would have ended up addicted. Wow. Uh, I I accidentally overdosed. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I I it was Thanksgiving, uh, 20, 2017. Yeah, Thanksgiving twenty seventeen. My wonderful wife and had taken my kids from me on a holiday yet again uh, to go visit her friend down in Florida. Uh, that put a lot of emotional stress on me. Uh, I was working. I was very stressed out. And uh, I said, hey, let me just toss a handful of Xanax. I tossed most of the damn bottle 
And uh, next thing my parents know is they hear a loud thump upstairs. Yeah, I do remember this. Come upstairs, and I'm flat on the floor, passed out. Uh, go to the hospital, end up in an inpatient um, short-term crisis unit for me- mental health and substance abuse recovery. Spent about a week, just over a week there. Um, came back home and continued to take Xanax. When I, the last time I took Xanax was a few days after they left and I swallowed the whole damn bottle. No intent to kill myself, but just wanting to sleep and stay asleep for a long time. Um, after I did that, I never took another Xanax again. Um, so I actually don't take anything for my anxiety. So I'm managing my anxiety by sheer willpower and coping skills and supports and stuff like that. And it's hard and I have my bad days and then I have my really bad days, but I'm doing the best I can. Uh, unfortunately, certain substances are not legal in the Georgia, so I don't have that option. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like Anxiety is one of those things that I don't think enough people pay attention to as a mental health issue because I have anxiety really bad too. And, uh, you know, anxiety and stress can do some really horrible things to your body. I've been in the ER at least two, maybe three times thinking I was dying. And here it's, oh, no, you have anxiety, you know, stress, panic attack. And, you know, it's all the symptoms of a heart attack. And with my family history, um, you know, my father died at 33 of a massive heart attack. My mom's had heart issues. My Both my grandparents on both sides of the family died fairly young for heart issues. So then it just adds to my anxiety and everything. And it's crazy that, you know, we don't talk about anxiety as a mental health issue as much. Or people just go, ah, you're just anxious. You'll get over it. And it's not as easy. Like, it, there's some things that are hard to get through when you're having those stressful anxiety attack days. Uh, luckily here in Florida, they do have a prescription. I enjoy little, little gummy here and there if I need to. But, uh, you know, I, before that though, I was on, it wasn't Xanax, but I was on a, an anti-anxiety medicine. I don't remember the name of it. Um, but I stopped taking it just because it, the, the side effects I was having from it also like just weird thoughts and not suicidal thoughts or anything. like that. I just like, I felt like when I would take it, the anxiety would go away, but something else would come up. And I just was like, nah, forget it. Like, like you, I kind of just deal with it now. Occasionally, you know, I'll, I'll partake in a gummy as needed, uh, you know, but most of the time I'm, I'm pretty good at managing it, but it is, it's scary what stress and anxiety and those can really, really do to you. Do you have any struggles with anxiety at all, Jared? Yeah, I, I, I have this odd, um, I like the pressure and the stress and like being on active duty. I have uh, ADD, so I felt like never that guessed. sort of helped me. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> What's that shiny object? Being able, to, being able to multitask and manage just everything all at once. It was like someone said once about it was either soccer or rugby. It was organized chaos. That's how that's how I felt. And I finally got diagnosed in it was before my third back second back surgery. They were like, "Oh yeah, dude, you have a uh, ADD." I'm like, "Yeah, you think?" And I got on um Adderall and that like totally evened me out. I felt 100 times better. Um I was on a lot of it. <laughs> and 
as I got ready to retire, I, st- I started developing the, this weird anxiety. Obviously, it was like the fear of the unknown. And I ended up tapering off of Adderall and chilled out on my caffeine intake. And that helped. That helped immensely. So, but yeah, I'm generally a pretty, like, I'm very jovial, but I'm wound. I'm wound pretty tight inside and try and, I try and, like, hold everything in because I, I like the pressure, but there's times where I'm like, um, I'll be right back because it's, I'm, I'm really feeling it. And, uh, Tiff is really good at seeing, seeing when I'm feeling it and she'll, like, you know, kind of talk around it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I, I went scuba diving a couple weeks ago and right when the water hits my chest, I'm like, Oh boy, this is a big one. Wheezy. And uh, then after like <laughs> five seconds, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I put my goggles on and I'm fine. Um, but if there's like any kind of malfunction, <laughs> instead <laughs> of just going, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do when I'm a hundred feet underwater why am I acting like a jerk? And, you know, so, but usually I'm, I like the pressure and I don't, it doesn't really bother me, but when I'm sitting by myself or I don't have, like, I have idle hands, then I start thinking, man, I probably should be doing something right now. I don't, I don't know why I'm not doing something. So it's, it's one of those, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. But yeah, I mean, I tell you, thankfully, uh, you know, the great state of Florida gives us access to uh, some of what Mother Nature made for us. So, uh, yeah. He, he's he got a great story about how that uh, Mother Nature cure gave him anxiety and uh, not want the neighbors to catch him. <laughs> Maybe we'll save that for another. That'll be the funniest pot stories in another episode. <laughs> let's just say, oh, let's just say Jared has told the story about clinging to the side of his wall like he was in special ops because he was afraid the neighbors would know he took a gummy. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, we'll, we'll leave the we'll leave the listeners on a hook. You know what? We're gonna do that. We're we're gonna have one of those stories. Uh, we'll we'll do that on an upcoming episode. Some of the craziest oh. things. But uh, you mentioned the Man. fear of the unknown when you left the military. You know that was my first major uh, anxiety attack that put me in the hospital. Is I was going through my mm-hmm. medical boards. Had just gotten the job on with uh, with Amazon and was that fear of the unknown. Like oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> and we were sitting in a five guys, no, a tasty's burger place. I think it's called tasty's. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't feel good. Like something's wrong. And sure enough, like mm-hmm. I thought, I told Amy, like we need to go to the hospital right now. Drove the ER. I was having the chest pains and numbness in the arm. Like everything that you hear is a heart attack. And we get there and, <laughs> and does, does all the EKG and, and I'm fine. And I'll never forget. I'm sitting there and my burger's sitting there. I'm like, damn, I'm really hungry. Here I am in here thinking I'm having a heart attack. And I asked the nurse, can I eat that burger and fries? Because <laughs> I was starving. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just looking back. But that was the first time that I think, you know, I was like, wow, that's that's a crazy what that stress and anxiety can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was really worried about like when I retired, it I wasn't a real ranky guy. Um, I had a I had a really cool career and got to work with a lot of great people and uh fortunate to be able to serve and and you know with the various various commands and stuff. And as I got ready to retire, I started thinking, man, my quality of life, I'm really worried. Like, am I going to be able to provide for my family? Am I going to be able to, you know, 
I don't need a Fortune 500, you know, company. I don't need to be the president of this, that, or the other. Um, and then a couple of guys that I worked with, they were like, "Hey, whatever you do, don't go do X, Y, and Z." <laughs> Why did you do that? Now I have to go do that. They're like, "Yeah, man, you just go home, make some furniture, just you know, cut some stuff, hang out." Uh, grow your beard out, get your tattoos that you want to do. Don't don't do that. Well, because they issued the challenge and I'm all about like, what's my next thing? Because I never really was big on stopping to smell the roses and enjoy my success um, because I felt like, oh, I'm not I haven't arrived yet. Well, I do have I do have a thing that once I get there, I know I've arrived. And, and when we get there. Uh, which I feel that we will, I will announce loud and proud, you know, I am, I've arrived and I can, I'm going to love these effing roses, but yeah, it was, uh, I was terrified. And then the challenge came, I went through the process. It's a very long drawn out process. And, uh, it was actually on my retirement ceremony day. They were like, Hey, we'd like to offer you, we'd like to offer you a position. All right, cool. And uh, I went, did my retirement ceremony. They were like, all right, you got to get off base. Love, you got to go by. And then I just waited. I told them the start date that I wanted because I was on terminal leave. We went on vacation. And um, now here we are a couple years later. Really, really dig the company. Um, very proud of my career. And I uh, think back to some of the woulda, coulda, shouldas and like the the indications that I felt during certain portions of my life, like, Oh man, I really should have addressed this then. Um, and I think I talked about like my heavy, heavy drinking. And it wasn't until February when I was like, Hey, I'm just going to chill out. I'm, I'm not going to drink for the month of February. And, um, I slipped up on the third and then I had a real tough day on the 13th, but didn't, I didn't drink. And then I think it was the 24th or 25th was a really bad day. And I didn't drink again. It was, I think it was like 34, 35 days I didn't drink. And now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm almost too, like, I don't want to say lazy, but I'm like, man, I don't want to open this bottle. I haven't opened yet. Or, oh, I just got this mixer. I don't want to open it because I'm not going to finish it. So it's like, I've all of a sudden found moderation where before it was like I just chugged everything and it was like so off the hook and that's not how you want to be you know medicating yourself yeah, yeah I, I I owe a lot of like my um, current like peacefulness to this show and what what we're able to do and you know even all the way down to you know designing the logo and coming up with the name and uh, just some of the kind of creative, you know, the um, the Mount Rushmores and the funny conversations that we have. Really, it's it's like a therapeutic session yep. for me. And, you know, when we get to hang out here and getting to bring in the tickler in, too, and our and our fans, whether they subscribe, they like, they follow us on whatever social that they spend a few minutes with us. And I don't know. I don't know the dude or dudette in Ireland. I don't know the people in um, 
in South America or in England that are listening, but I feel a, a connection and it's just like, wow, we're really, this is really cool. We're just hanging out talking. We get, you know, emails and, and, um, and tweets and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. I, re- I really appreciate this. I really appreciate this time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I chuckled when you were saying the drinking thing. It does. Uh, <laughs> so Jared used to come to the house for barbecue and wrestling. And every time he'd come in with bags of booze to the point where my wife, Amy, was like, tell him he's not allowed to bring booze in the house anymore. Because <laughs> he would come in with just all kinds of mixers Man. and beers and stuff. And, we, you know, we're not heavy drinkers. Uh, so fun fact about me is I, I was a heavy drinker uh, for a long time. Until we found out we were having Edie, and then I stopped cold turkey. So I went 13 years without having a drink at all because mm. um, I'm, I'm not going to say I was an alcoholic, but I drank pretty much all the time as much as I could when I could just to kind of be numb. And uh, mm. yeah, I went, we found out we were having Edie, and I was just like, yep, that's it. My dad had a drinking problem, and I didn't want to have that for my kids growing up. So I just stopped. So even to now, I don't really get to that point where I'm like, what are we talking about? I mean, it depends on how many gummies I'll have with the beer, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never get to that point except for this one time, but that'll be the story for that crazy podcast we'll do later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I stopped and just like you now, e- even now I'm doing it just, I'll have a, a bourbon once a week and that's not because I need it. It's because one, I'm trying to lose all this weight and drinking a bourbon every night with a cigar was not helping. So now I'm just like, all right, I'll have yeah. a bourbon every Sunday. Little re- yeah. it's a reward. Yeah, a reward for my <laughs> week well done. I have restricted my drinking to Sundays. Um, I, uh, due to my own personal fears, um, something we didn't get into, but uh, I want to talk about at some point is is how interrelated substance abuse and mental illness are. Um, they really go hand in hand. Um, most people who have substance abuse problems do it to medicate, self medicate to deal with their mental illness or not deal with their mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, or, or if not a specific illness, maybe a, a trauma that they experience that they just don't want to, they're trying to forget, they're trying to numb themselves to. Um, yeah. So that's very common. So having a mental illness, I very careful about what I drink. Um, and I caught myself like I, I keep most of my heavy drinking to like Sunday, but then I like, I'd go out and get a six pack of something and drink it during the week. And then, you know, Friday I'd be like, Oh, it's Friday night time to crack something open. And then I'd be like, Oh, it's Saturday. What the hell? And I, so I just found myself drinking like most of the week. It, it gotten to that point where I'm like, okay, this is not good. Um, Cause not only is it not good for me, um, my fiance um, had grown up with her, her dad is an out al- or yeah, he is an alcoholic. He's, he's in recovery. Um, but he had severe drinking and, and substance abuse problems, and it really messed up her childhood. She's very sensitive to that, understandably so. So I try to be very careful about what I buy and, and when I drink. So I've, I only drink on Sundays now, with the only exception being on Friday, St. Patty's Day, had to have some Jamesons. So um, I had two glasses of Jamesons, and I was good. Uh, but yeah, I've been restricting my drinking to just Sunday evening, and that's it. I don't drink at all during the week. I don't drink on Fridays or Saturdays, just Sunday evening. Um, and that keeps me under control. But like 
I remember a time when I was living with my parents, um, and not like when I was a kid. I mean, like when I was living with my parents a few years ago, um, there was, I had bought a six pack of cider, I think. And it was in the fridge and I'm so careful about my drinking. I count my drinks. So I know how many are left in the fridge and I wanted to go drink one and there wasn't any left. And my ex and my mom said, well, you probably just lost count. You probably just drank more than you thought you did. I was like, I never drink more than I thought I did. I always keep track. Well, we find out later my dad drank it and didn't tell anybody because <laughs> he was afraid he'd get in trouble. <laughs> so, because <laughs> he was not supposed to drink. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I was always very, very, very cautious. Well, as soon as I noticed that I was like, you know, it was bothering her and it was also bothering me. And I'm like, you know what? I it'd be once a week and that's it. So, so speaking of drinking, I'm sitting here. I just thought of something. I, I don't know if I shared with you, Jerry. On my uh, counter over there, I've got some Whiskey Smith. Uh, it is a oh my God. peach bourbon. Oh, it's so good, man. I, uh, you know what? Maybe when I come up for your uh, wedding, I'll bring you a bottle. It's, uh, man, it's smooth and it's, oh, it's so good, but yeah, it's a peach it's bourbon. Nice. We, uh, we tapped into it when we were watching Revolution. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. We got half a bottle left. Yeah. I will probably drink when I watch WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I will do that. Um, but, yeah, I've been, I don't have the budget you do, so most of my bourbons are cheap bourbons. Um, and I, uh, I discovered um, uh, Elijah Craig. Oh. Um, small, their small batch. Yeah, that's not a cheap bourbon. Well, I mean, it's an inexpensive that's, bourbon. No, it's not a no, cheap. No, the small bourbon. batch yeah, is a twenty dollars bourbon. Yeah, as I said, it's inexpensive, small batch, but it's not cheap. Yeah. There's a difference. No, I mean it's not bottom shelf, but it's it's that's a good a, bourbon for a twenty dollar twenty dollar bourbon. It tastes like a fifty dollar. Yeah, that's bourbon. a good bourbon. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so um, that's kind of my go to when I'm trying to save money. Um, uh, however, uh, when we bourbon, go actually. for our honeymoon, mm-hmm. um, our honeymoon is going to be split in half, and the first week is going to be in Biloxi. And Biloxi is a lot like Vegas in that the drinks are free, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. there will probably be some other bourbon being drank. Although usually they give you the, the cheap shit. You can ask for whatever. For yeah, yeah. Little little known fact about a uh, casino: you can ask for whatever drink you want. If they have it, they they can give it to you. So if you're there and, and they've got a, body, a bottle of Johnny Walker, you can ask for a Johnny Walker on the rocks. That is good to know because yep. I may do that. Yep. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed myself when we went there for our anniversary last year, and I am looking forward to going on our honeymoon. And uh, yeah, that that's the one time she lets me drink because she has uh, daiquiris like every day. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Me reminded me our, our, I like it. Our 17 year anniversary is tomorrow. I was like, oh, yeah, it sure is. Your flowers will oh, be here. Man. Good tomorrow. for you, man. That's cool. He <laughs> forgot. No, I knew it was coming. I just, I, I think I scheduled the flowers. It won't be here actually until Friday. So, yeah. Our 17 year. It's crazy. Damn, That's awesome. Man. Damn. I know, man. Time. <laughs> it feels like you guys just got together. It's like Flipping crazy time. to me. And it's weird. So, uh, totally going off subject and, and kind of off script. We'll try to wrap it up. You haven't been to my new house yet, have you? Yeah, you've been to my new house, right, Jer? So yeah. you know that Kelly and I literally lived up the road from here? It's just, it's developed. No, I did not know that. Yeah, so it, my ex-wife, when I moved out, I said, I'm never coming back to this part of town at all. It's over in, Orange, in the Orange Park area. But right up the road, like, there's, you know, all this has been new development. And right up the road, we were driving by the day. I'm like, ha, I used to have a house right down that road. And that was where me and the ex lived. 
So just kind of crazy, small world kind of thing. Matter of fact, I think she still lives in this area somewhere. I just have no desire to find her. (laughs) Um, I never, uh, I never saw that house. Um, yeah, I wasn't there long. You weren't there very long. <laughs> we married six months, so I didn't know exactly. I didn't know exactly where that one was. Yeah. Um, the, the divorce took longer than the marriage, so yeah. Uh, the first time I saw you in a house was was the house you and Amy bought together. Yep, up in Yuli. In Yuli. Yep. Yep. Cool. Back when there was nothing there. Well, we will wrap this one up. We've gone about an hour. Uh, some good stories. Uh, some deep stories. Some some very personal, emotional stories for us. We will be dropping another one next month on the 22nd, which is where you can get into some of the stuff you, you didn't get a chance to talk. It seems like go this way. You didn't get a chance to talk about this time um, for sure. Next time there, Jer, uh, we are, you may get preempted just to give you a forewarning. I've reached out to a couple of communities to see if we can get some uh, either retired vets on or some wrestlers that have dealt with mental illness or something like that on. But if we do, I might have you on too. And I'll, it'll just be a four way, four way kind of, kind of dealio. So. But, it's all good. But as of now, uh, you know, the plan is to have you on uh, the 22nd. I know Jared wants to get his wife on. I guess she's shy and doesn't want to be in camera, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, she's like, I wish I liked wrestling because I'd listen. I'd listen to your show because uh, a few of my friends listen <laughs> and they're actually entertained by it. By like, actually, thanks. Like, Are they wrestling fans? <laughs> and they're like. And Tiff's like, no, I don't think so. They just, they just enjoy, <laughs> they just enjoy you rambling on. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, watch out. So if she's not listening, <laughs> tell her just to hit play and turn the volume volume down, so we at least get the <laughs> the, the, the downloads and the plays for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll download uh, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeart Radio, um, Speaker.com and just have her <laughs> have <everybody laughs> play on all devices. <laughs> Hey, I may may or may not have done that at work a couple times where it's playing on my phone and I forget and it's muted. Hey, we have, you know, an extra 15, 15 views this hour. Oops. Strange. But uh, yeah, I want to thank you for being on. Uh, like I said, we know this was heavy. We know this was, uh, you know, deeper than just talking about, you know, Raw and SmackDown and, and you know, Kenny Omega's awesomeness and, you know, all the other wrestling, sports entertainment stuff we talk about. But uh, we, we feel it's important. Uh, obviously it's once a month, we'll talk about it. We're not going to weigh down every show with these kind of conversations. Cause you know, we don't want to depress everybody or, or keep them down, but I do want to put it out there that, uh, if you need help, reach out 988. If you're in crisis here in the States, want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, if you enjoy this content or any of our other content, please follow us on all our social medias, uh, at no shave man cave, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's it. And, uh, you know, make sure you hit us up wherever you get your podcast at, at No Shave Man Cave. Literally, there's podcast listening, podcast listening things out there I didn't know existed until we found ourselves on them. So if you listen to podcasts, we're out there somewhere. And, uh, yeah, just thankful for everybody. Um, and like we said at the beginning, and, and like Jared said, it, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, nobody's going to think differently of you if you ask for help. Uh, and matter of fact, people probably think better of you and, and are going to be some more supportive than you think they will. So if you need it, ask. Um, if you don't know where to ask, 988. If you're still not nervous, hit us up. We'll try to get you in the right right direction. Um, yes, the Veterans Association is getting better at it, but we know they're not the greatest. So just, uh, you know, you're loved. Somebody loves you always, no matter who it is. If you're a subscriber, we love you. Um, just the fact that you listen to us and download us, we love you. So. 
Thank you to everybody. Uh, I will do the uh, Jeremy before I hot tag into Jared. Anything you want to plug or say before uh, Jared does his finisher off the top rope? Uh, just the um, the nine eight eight nine eight eight lifeline dot org. You can get engaged in an online chat as well. You can also text nine eight eight. Text help to nine eight eight. You can text anything, and you'll be connected to somebody that will engage in a text chat with you. Um, anywhere in the U.S. Um, and internationally. Um, I'm going to go off the suspicion that I personally have that your international listeners are probably military people. Um, that's my suspicion anyways, but, or it could just be some random person sitting in South America and say, hmm, looking for something new to listen to. Who knows? But uh, assuming they're military, I would encourage you to reach out to the Wounded Warrior Project. I know primarily they help vets, but I doubt they would turn away an active uh, soldier. Um, and they can connect you to some resources um, on their website. Um, I look to see if they have a phone number. They don't really. So um, I would go to their website, woundedwarriorproject.org, and I'm sure they can hook you up with somebody wherever you're at in the world. And I'll, and I'll piggyback that. If you are in the military and, and in crisis, uh, your chaplain service, whether you're religious or not, your chaplain service will help you, guide you. Uh, you, can, you can have those conversations uh, confidential. So, yeah, if you are in the military and struggling and don't have 988, your chaplain service is definitely there to help. Absolutely. If uh, check in to uh, you got to run over to sick call, you got to go over to the ER, do whatever you have to do, get the help you need, get the uh, get the resources going, because if it's not for you, it's for your family, it's for the network, it's for your family. Just like everybody who tunes into here, we refer to you as the fam. You're part of family, whether you like it or not. Thank you to our brothers and sisters in arms for what you do, what you've done. Some gave all, all gave some. And uh, I wholeheartedly thank you for joining us here today. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I'll see you on the floor. You've been listening to the No Shave Men Cave. If it's pro wrestling, we're talking about it. Unless we see something shiny and wander off into the woods. If you hang around long enough, we'll eventually come back. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Fire off your comments and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at No Shave Men Cave. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time on The Floor. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.